The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, this is 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, and a psychologist, that's Steve. That, damn it. (laughs) Hello. The podcast where we try to solve your long-running relationship disputes in 10 minutes or less. I gave you the chance. You complained about it the past few weeks. I let you back on the field. I feel like I've blown an opportunity here. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Uh, I'm uh, I'm doing well. We just had a good time on the other show, and uh, this one is always a good time, too. What do we got for tonight, James? I've got another question. Every time I ask you the question, our uh, our, our listenership seems to about triple, so we're going to try this again. <laughs> i got another one for you that I've been wondering about forever, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to pay a psychologist $200 an hour to find out. So here's the question. What are the three biggest mistakes couples make when they fight? Take it away. Ooh. That's a good question. I'll tell you, the other two will swim into focus, but I'll tell you the one thing that I am most uh, active in scolding people not to do, the one that I hear all the time, and I will bet most couples fall into this trap, and all it does is prolong an argument. It is, sorry, I'll get to the point. It's when they start arguing about a detail that somebody somebody's angry about a problem and their partner will pick out one detail in their argument to focus on because that's the part that they can fight like it doesn't even matter who's right and who's wrong at some point someone will be like yeah and then you didn't you never come home when you're supposed to last night you came home at seven and the partner will jump in and be like no it was six forty-five. And then the first part is like, no, it was 7 o'clock. And the other one's like, no, I know it was 6.45 because I looked at the dashboard clock before I got out of the car. And the other one will be like, no, because Modern Family had just ended in syndication at 6.57. And it's this red herring that they'll chase through the field like a dog after a rabbit. And what it does is it derails the argument from what the issue is, which is the first partner in that exchange I just gave you is frustrated that they can't count on the other one being there when they say they're going to. So they can't plan supper or they can't. Anyway, but focusing on a little detail, it, I always jump right in and say, that's not the issue. Stop. It doesn't matter when the person walked in. Let's talk about what the problem is. And uh, that argument wears many, many different faces. Like uh, people will come up with all kinds of different reasons to be uh, to chase that red herring. That is the number one thing that I think will derail a couple's argument. Um, sorry, <laughs> a call coming through that's beeping into my ear. Here. I wonder what was um, going on. You were so excited about this, and then. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll give you another one. Another one is the uh, – come up with quippy names for the, the you did it first argument or I know you are but what am I? One of those kind of things. So someone will say hey, – let's just stick with the late. Like that's not uncommon. So one partner will be uh, honked off and say like you came in late. And instead of the partner they're talking to sort of absorbing that and being like, yeah, sorry, I was late. What they'll do instead is flip it and go, well, you're late all the time. And so what that does is the second partner has now hijacked the argument from the first partner. And if the first partner is a little bit like a weaker fighter, the first partner will end up apologizing. Yes, I know. I've been late a couple of times. I'm sorry. And then they both kind of walk away. And the partner who was late 
ends up feeling victorious and the partner who was angry ends up feeling doubly angry because now I just had to apologize for something I did a month ago and we didn't really talk about what the problem is, which is I'm frustrated, I'm angry that you walked in late. So bringing in the, yeah, but you did it first or the pot and the kettle argument, whatever it is, when you sort of flip it and hijack the argument, that's another mistake that I see couples make quite a bit. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> this I'll give the, you one last one. I, this is the challenge here. I know he wrote down some notes on this, and uh, he can't read his own writing. He swears that he can. How <laughs> dare you, sir? Somebody wrote, I always tweet the picture of the show notes from my other show, The Commute, and somebody wrote, was somebody wrestling you for that pen while you were writing? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, actually, I'll give you two more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, one more, and then sort of a solution to this problem. Um, when you when you bring in, like, we'll just stick with the anger because you're late. Um, angry because you're late, and now, so, partner number two walks in late. Partner one number one is angry. And partner number one hits number two with that issue. Why are you late? It ticks me off when you're late. And then all of a sudden, we'll call this the kitchen sink argument style, where Everything that partner number one, the one who's frustrated, has been sitting on for two years but did not say anything, like all of a sudden all of that comes cascading into this argument and it turns into like this verbal brawl between the two of them because the partner who walked in late really can't defend themselves against 14 other things they've done over the course of the past <laughs> two years. And it's like unless you can build a time machine and send your partner back to two years ago, why didn't you say something then like why are you bringing it up now when all it's going to do is confuse befuddle vex whatever your partner so all of those historical issues bring them up when they happen and it doesn't have to be a fight then because you're only a four on the anger scale when it happens by the time it gets lumped into this one you've been sitting on it chewing on it long enough that it's an eight or a nine and it adds thrust and energy into this argument that's not really fair to your partner because them walking in late is a four on the Richter scale but what they did two years ago is going to boost that to an eight so that's another mistake that they make but I always say this that uh, and I'll give you a chance to respond to it sorry <laughs> is um, I always tell people ang and I, I know I've said this on the show anger is never the first thing you feel anger comes up to defend against an emotion that's more vulnerable so if your partner is mad because you've come home late forget what the issue is a lot of times partners will literally say the words I don't even remember what we were arguing about and what I always say to that is then what you were arguing about wasn't the real issue you were arguing about what time you walked through the door that's irrelevant what is relevant is what's behind the anger which is the partner is afraid they're not important to you that they're not important enough for a phone call they're not important enough that you will be there when you say you're gonna be there that uh, that what the, the dinner they made wasn't important to you or whatever it happens to be so I I always say the best way around this is if you can in the moment figure out what is really going on, reach behind the anger and deal with that issue, your partner will calm down very quickly because they'll feel understood and you can get at the heart of the matter rather than arguing if it was 648 or 654 when you walk 
through the door. That's that's not going to lead anywhere other than you two going to bed angry. Anyway, what what say you, James? So Brake? what what I'm hearing from this is if you want a happy marriage, get home on time. Like I just saw all the problems. <laughs> no, that here. was just that was a good thread to carry through this whole discussion. Yeah, I think I think at this point my wife would be happy if I stopped showing up quite so much. So you can you can stay away a few more hours. Give me a bit of a break here. Yeah, that's uh, that is interesting. Um, and I and I kind of I kind of figured one of the, the last one, the kitchen sink argument. I, I figured that couldn't be a healthy tactic where everything from the past comes up. And that's kind of one of yeah. those stereotypes in relationships that one partner holds things for forever. It's like, well, on Tuesday six years ago you did that. I wasn't sure yeah. to what degree do people really do that or not. What is is there a time limit where if you haven't mentioned something yet that for your health and the other person's health you just have to let it go, or is there no statute of limitations and you can just bring up things forever if it's important enough? Well, what I do, and this again is where a therapist can help, if uh, in the kitchen sink argument or the you did it first argument, and I put little quippy titles on these, I guess, <laughs> is I always say, well, hold on, let's table that for a minute. We'll talk about that. But for now, let's talk about what's going on that led to this. So you're, you're, just say the husband walked in late. Your wife is angry that you walked in late. She might be late all the time, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's at least take care of this issue before we go to the next one. And the same with the kitchen sink. Like, uh, yes, this might have happened 14 months ago. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's finish talking about this one first because I don't want this one to percolate for 14 months and come back to haunt us again later. Do you do any any crazy uh, holistic solutions like when we're arguing, I need to hold the talking stick or the talking revolver or the talking conch or anything? <laughs> or <you> just... <laughs> That's more for divorces, the dueling pistols you get out. The, uh, Did you just make I, that up? I, I, yeah, I do. I, I have a lot of time to think as you sit there talking, Steve. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so I guess do you just, you just tell them to sit down and have a conversation, shout it out, or are there ground rules for when you're talking about this for how you actually have to do this? Now, that's going to depend on the couple. There are some couples where one partner is so defensive, they can't allow the other one to talk. So, And it gets this literal, James. Like, Just say the husband is that way. The wife will get two words out of her mouth, and he's already jumping in and trying to pull the floor back. And that's usually based on shame that the person doesn't like to be scolded. And anything that even touches on that wound will create this anxiety that they can't allow their partner to finish a thought because they feel so awful about it. And so they attack, they kind of pull. So in those cases, I'll do one of two things. If we're live in the office, uh, we I have done with my pen a talking pen. It's not okay. often because I don't like little gimmicky things like that, but it is a concrete barrier to a person jumping in. What I usually tell couples at home is if this is getting too volatile too quickly, go to different rooms and text each other because oh. that will do two things. One, it'll keep you out of each other's face. Like sometimes just the presence of the other person can either inflame or maybe intimidate. Like the, the man is usually bigger than the woman, and guys like to use that size to intimidate. So if we go in the other room, she's sort of freer, or the other way around, whatever it is. Or And, and the other thing it does is it slows you down because now you're typing instead of yelling. And you have to kind of – you have time to – like you just did with a, a talking revolver. You have time <laughs> to kind of swim around and find the right word to put in there. You can articulate your point a little better and it holds your partner at bay while you're typing so they can't usurp the floor. I don't think you know how fast people text these days. <laughs> You'd be at a severe disadvantage. Although 
this does remind me. Um, so, so speaking of arguing about things, one of the things Steve got on my case about a while ago was that I never said goodbye on the phone, which struck me as crazy. It's like, of course I say goodbye. Or if I didn't say goodbye, it was very clear that the phone call was over and I shouldn't have to actually say the words. Well, later on, my wife was talking to me. And she's like, oh, yeah, you never used to say goodbye. I was like, what? Where does this come from? I've been married to her for, for like a lot of years. I'm not going to give a number. But apparently, I just didn't say goodbye. And then it translated over to, we were talking about, you know what? I'm glad we didn't start dating in the age of texting. Because there's so much nuance. Like, if you end with a period, it's, like, yeah. offensive. Like, you're, like, you have the final word. There's there's all these layers there. It's like, but we we grew up, we were in the era of uh, AOL Instant Messenger. And she's like, oh, yeah, you were terrible at that. You used to make me angry all the time. Like, what? I mean, we've been together since we were 18, and I'm just now finding out that all those years ago, I hit all the wrong signals and was apparently sending the wrong messages. But I am so handsome and charming, I overcame oh all of those God. faux pas to get, to get the marriage I have today. And now... I know that if we argue about any of those things, I need to avoid these three traps to fall into and also remember to say goodbye on the phone and avoid the talking revolver. All of these things I picked up today. <laughs> well, if you have any questions you'd like to ask us, we can still slip those in every once in a while. You can send those questions in about relationships to James Breakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with the E. It doesn't have to be a marriage question. It can be, uh, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, parent, child, parent, pet, what coworkers, platonic, whatever. We're here for it. This has been 10 minutes to save your marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back. <laughs>